Welcome to another episode of Out of the Rough. I am your host, Lenny. We have Sean with us today. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, if you're talking about my golf lineup last week, not great, but me personally, I'm doing well. <laughs> I care more about you as a person. Oh, that's nice. The, yeah, those those great. things are just side. Those are just side things, you know. Well, as I long as that. as long as you're doing well, we're happy. <laughs> but this week, we uh, we don't have a PGA event, a tour event. We have the Ryder Cup, very fun event, very interesting um, kind of betting lineup decisions that we'll have this week. To make things a little bit fun, interesting, spice it up a bit. All the big name guys are here, and maybe we'll see John Rahm play the weekend this week. Unlike last week, where he unfortunately missed the cut. And I know we both uh, had some betting interest in him, him and some lineups, so that hurt us quite a bit. But you know, just a quick little recap of last week. Our guy Mito still playing well, finished third, so we're happy with that. Um, Webb, not great. T30, would expect better from him. Um, Adam Svensson, T51, and then a missed cut by Sebi Munoz and Hayden Buckley. Nothing fantastic, but the Mito solo third definitely helps out a lot. And just kind of thought he could maybe do a little bit more, chase down the leaders. But w- the way um, uh, Max Homa, blanking on his name there. Max Homa played how he finished out those, what, five under in the last seven holes. That's tough to beat. That's tough to catch. Uh, so congrats to Max Homa. Winning again in California. Um, kind of probably should have made him the PTC of the week. He seems to always play well in Cali. Cali kid. Uh, Phil had a decent PTC week for us. Not the best for him, but I think Phil, even though he's not playing in the Ryder Cup, is already looking more forward to the Ryder Cup, probably. Because <laughs> um, I know he'll be there as a vice captain. What about you, Sean? Any highlights from the past week? Phil was actually one of my only highlights of last week. <laughs> um, I had two guys make the cut, Siwoo Kim and Phil. The rest of the guys, uh, they're dead to me. Um, and so uh, that's that's about it. I am very excited for the Ryder Cup. I feel like this week is... Uh, it's like a week uh, of golf like no other. Um, might be the most watched thing in my house this week, considering football's back in town. That's a good thing. Um, but the Ryder Cup is uh, is very fun, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Ryder Cup gives us a team events, which we really only see you know, once a year at the Zurich Classic. And then we have the Ryder Cup, President's Cup. But the Ryder Cup's always uh, more the main event, you know, playing against the Europeans. I think the Europeans take this very seriously. It's a tournament that they care about uh, a lot more than Brooks Kepka does. Um, but, you know, I still think a lot of these Americans are, are going to be gunning for this. With the Ryder Cup, I guess we can get into the course a little bit, talk about it. It's going to be played at Whistling Straits up in Wisconsin, right on Lake Michigan. Absolutely beautiful course, peak eye design. It's set up to be like a link style course. It's not going to play too much like a link style course. You have a lot of just the waste area, thousands of bunkers. I can't remember the last counts, like over 1,200 sand bunkers. So, you know, if you get off the fairway, you could have some trouble. It might take you three or four shots to reach some of these long par fours that are over 500 yards. I think there's four of them on the course that are going to be very long. And just looking how the U.S. team is set up, 
I think, you know, this course is, works perfectly for the U.S. team. A lot of bombers, a lot of long hitters, um, not quite as many on the European team. Uh, so I, I don't think they've come out and necessarily said this, but what I expect is them to extend these fairways, make them as wide as they can. It'll be a little bit tough on some of the holes with just how many bunkers there are. You can't extend them out too much. But I would expect them to, to make these fairways a little bit bigger, maybe try to trim up some of the rough and just tell the Americans, you know, play to your strengths, just bomb the ball out there. You know, let, let JT, DJ, Bryson, Tony, you know, all these big hitters, Scotty Scheffler even, just tell them swing away. Take, take every advantage you can get with that driver. Uh, so I do think the U.S. will fit this course better. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to not necessarily fit their eyes. It, it is a visually intimidating course. But just looking at the, the teams, it's going to fit the Americans, I think, much more. What do you think about it, Sean? Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that for sure. I think um, the the course is going to be a very difficult one. I think the the distance and the length of those guys that you mentioned, there is some distance on the European side, but just not as, as much. I, I don't think that they'll be able to keep up necessarily with all the distance there on the, on the driving side of it. But the iron plays is where things might make up for it, um, which the European players are pretty good with their irons and wedges, I, I think. So it might even itself out, but I think distance-wise off the tee, the Americans definitely have the advantage there. And like you said, there's just – you could go down the list. I think the only person on the, the team that doesn't hit the ball very far is Jordan Spieth. The rest of the guys hit the ball pretty – Colin Morikawa. Okay. Well, so then there's two. But um, that's about it. So um, I, I, I do think it'll play a part. I don't know if it will make too much of a difference, um, but it will definitely play a part for sure. Yeah. It... The U.S. hasn't had a great track record in the Ryder Cups lately. Europe has won. Well, they kind of spanked the U.S. last year at France. But that was a course that just fit the, the European contingent much better. Um, shorter, tighter course. Short game was going to be a little bit more um, of an emphasis and accuracy, which is kind of you know similar to how the teams are set up this year as well. But this is going to play like, the complete opposite. It might look like a link style course, but it, it's going going to favor the bombers for sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be about seventy three hundred yards. It's par seventy one. There are some very big greens, seven thousand square foot greens. So in a match play competition like the Ryder Cup, you could have some interesting um, uh, interesting scenarios. We could see some maybe crazy hole outs and really long putts being made. You got Ian Poulter on this team, so anything is possible with that guy. Never count him out. You know, it, it it's definitely going to be a very exciting tournament. Um, can't wait for it, really. Anything else you want to add? You want to get into our DFS stuff here, Sean? No, we can. I, the only thing that I think will be interesting, and I think it's a big storyline too. And it's really not much that I want to spend time on because I think everybody will see it everywhere else. But just the the different pairings of how players are going to be paired up is going to be interesting. If they if the Americans try to bomb and and use a you know for that like the alternate shot if they try to put two bombers together and see what they can get or how they work it uh, or 
if uh, anybody tries to think about putting Bryson and Brooks together to see if they work. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how these guys play. And I do think Brooks's comments are a little, um, I would just say interesting. I don't think that they're wrong by any, by any means. Uh, like, you know, he, he did say golf is an individual sport. And every week when he goes out, he tries to, he can, he can make the errors and he owns up to those errors. But now he's playing with somebody else and they may make a bad shot. Well, what is he supposed to do? I just think he's speaking the truth about that stuff. I just don't think that that's the right time for him to say those things during a time when you're getting ready for a team event. Uh, but that's just me. But yeah, let's get into it. God, good old Brooksy. He, Brooks is annoying me more than Bryson is lately. I'm I'm shifting over to Team Bryson with everything that Brooks has going on. I do appreciate, you know, we always want people to be open and honest. <laughs> Tell us what you're thinking. But it's like, all right, Brooks, come on. You're going to complain that you only compare, com, uh, you only want to be in the super competitive events. You only want to, or you're a super competitive guy. You'll beat anyone in anything. And then you're just going to complain all week about how this is set up, how you don't get paid for it, blah, blah, blah. I, if it's me, I would not play Brooks in any of the foursomes. Let him play the four balls. Let him play the singles. You can go out, do it yourself. If you're going to be untrustworthy of a teammate, you don't believe that they're good enough to play with you, just don't play with anyone. Simple as that. But also, I don't know how healthy Brooks is. They say he's 100%. He's good to go. can play as much as he needs to. We'll see how that happens. Same with Morikawa. More we haven't seen more cow in a couple weeks. In the tour championship, he was brutal. There's no two ways about it. Um, the back injury has kind of hurt his game. Uh, whatever the, the swing issues that he had is worrying. Um, but like I said, we haven't seen him in a couple weeks. Hopefully, he's healthy. He's back to playing well because the U.S. will need him. I think he's someone who, you know, they they might be able to ride a little bit. I could pair him with, I don't know, Xander maybe. Though I think Xander would play with Patrick Cantlay. But you could play him with another one of those somewhat longer guys that um, can make a really good combination play four or five matches in the week. But anyways, we'll get into some of these guys here. Starting off at the top, John Rom, 9,800. Um JT, 94, Rory, 92, Patrick Cantlay, your tour championship guy, winner, 9,000. You know, it, all of these guys, I, I, I was going to say all these guys have been playing excellent, but really, John Rum, Rory McIlroy, their iron game hasn't been great lately. JT has been a dog in these. He's got a record of like... 10 wins, three losses, two halves. If I'm kind of adding any of these guys into my lineup, I'm probably looking at JT here. Just his track record, you know he's going to play in all five matches. And I don't see any way, unless it's he struggles and then, you know, they drop him for one, let him rest. I feel like JT is a guy that you could play at the top and, and be happy with. I don't know if I would plug him in a captain. So we have the captains this week. So you get, they cost one and a half times their price, but you get one and a half the points. I don't know, Sean. What do you think of some of these guys at the top? Would you plug them in as a captain this week? 
I think it's a it's an interesting choice if you're going to. It, it obviously makes the price difference change, so it's going to make you have to pick some of those guys that are down towards the bottom of the list to fulfill your lineup. So then you're going to kind of you know hope that the one guy that you pick as the captain does do all five days. I think you could probably fit them in someplace else and save some some money off of that differential. Um, but then again, you're you're you know you're not getting the same points as you would if you set them there. So I, I do think. It's an interesting play if you think that JT or someone like me who might think a Jordan Spieth is on the same length. Uh, I think those two are probably going to be playing a lot together um, in those five matches. I'd probably see more than half of them together. I know the, the fifth one is obviously the individualized one. So uh, I would say two out of the four, they're at least paired in the team, uh, the team events. I would think. I the think Jordan that. Did... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I think. I think those two kind of mix well, and I think that they're even if they don't play together, I do think that they're kind of in the same boat of being kind of that consistent person in the history of their Ryder Cup experience of playing multiple days and multiple events in the same day. So I do think that those two guys would be the top if I'm looking at the U.S. side to make anybody my captain. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to stick more so to the U.S. side just for my allegiance and just to uh, to have something to root for on that end. So I'm probably going to stick more there. But I do think, you know, like uh, some of the other guys listed at the top, like a Hovland or a Rom, they're not bad players as they've had a great year this year. And I'm sure that they're just as excited and hyped up to play this event as those other guys are. Yeah. Why don't we talk about this? Who do you think plays all five matches? Just going through the list, who are who are the guys you're going to pencil in that eighty uh, percent chance they're playing all five? Um, I would say Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and if I had to pick a third one from the U.S. that I think would be playing, uh, would probably be like a Dustin Johnson. Maybe I could I see him with a distance off the tee as somebody who could be playing. I mean, Colin or Xander is also having a really good year, but. I think those three would probably be like the top three picks for that. And then for the European side, I, th- I think it's kind of easy to, to pick on who you'd want to choose on who would play most. And I think that's just based off of, you know, just I wouldn't say the lack of firepower because everybody on their team is, is big names, but just not as many big names. But John Rahm obviously comes to mind of somebody who would come play all those five days if he could. Uh, Rory as somebody else, too, if he's playing well. And then I, I think... Surprisingly enough, I do think that Ian Poulter, I know he's not had a great year this year, um, and I'll get to him later in one of our other in our other topics that we have, uh, but I do think that he is somebody who's had a very good history here. He's kind of like the, the Patrick Reed, if you will, of the U.S., where he kind of brings that energy and really wants to win and, and kind of beat the snot out of you this week, and, and I think that, has, that intensity will, will shine through. Uh, if he, if he's not playing in all five, you'll definitely see him all over the place. I think kind of like with the earpiece and just talking to people, trying to get them put, motivated and pumped up to get things taken care of. Yeah, for me, I, I don't really disagree with too many there. I'm for since we're on Europe here, I think Rom, McElroy, and Hovland probably end up playing in all five, and then if. Rom and or Rory get hot with a partner that isn't one of those other two guys. I could see them playing in all. Like if they paired 
like a Paul Casey with Rory or Rom, and that those guys are playing well and are hot. I could see Casey end up playing all of them or Matt Fitzpatrick with them. I don't know if I can see maybe Shane Lowry as well. I don't really, I don't think Poulter, I got to imagine they give him a rest day in there or a rest period. I don't see him playing all of them. I don't know about Tommy Fleetwood. He did in the Ryder Cup play all five events last time with him and Molinari just wrecking havoc on the U.S. Because um, Fleetwood went 4-1 and one, uh, last Ryder Cup. So he has a really good track history, even though it's short. It's only one event, and he played in all five. I could see it happening. But really for me, Rom, McElroy, Hovland, and then maybe if somebody we see gets on Thursday is partnered with one of them, I could see them maybe falling into it. On the U.S. side... I think JT is probably a lock for it. Jordan, maybe, just because those two will probably be paired up a lot. But I think Patrick Cantlay, the form that he's in, coming off back-to-back wins, played all five matches in the President's Cup, had a decent record of three and two. I can see him going all five. And then Xander Schauffele playing really well lately uh, was Patrick Cantlay's partner in the President's Cup, where they both played all five events. I can see him. And then my other guy is Bryson. I don't think DJ will, but Bryson. If Bryson goes out on Friday, plays two good rounds, I could see him, you know, them riding him on Saturday as well, playing both rounds on Saturday, and then obviously playing the singles. And the only worry is Bryson, in, he, he doesn't have a win in the Ryder Cup or President's Cup. He's 0-4-1 in his five matches. So that slightly worries me just knowing that he's never gotten it done, right? He's got half a point in two events. It's not great. um, But I think he's someone that they could possibly go to and ride him if he's playing well. So speaking of that, right, I'm, I'm going to just say those are probably the guys we're looking at playing at captain for the most part. You want to have your captain being a guy hopefully playing all five events. Do you agree with that? Yes. Any, would you, is there any other guy you'd be willing to like stick a nose out and be like, he's playing four, but he's, you know, at a lower price range. And at that price range, I can get a bargain with four, you know, him only playing four matches, but saving the money. Using him here, I think he's a good play. You have any guy that falls into that? I think it might be a long shot, but I do think that Morikawa, just looking at the price range and the value that you would get off of him versus the other guys, I, I mean, there, Brooks is down there in the same area as well, so you could obviously point that out too. But I, I do think that you know Morikawa has been kind of coming on as of late with some of the play that he's had. Some of, some of the year, and if he does play in four of those matches and he does get paired up with some of the good guys, you know, those team events, he still is going to kind of track on some of the points depending on how they how it all works out for them. Um, so he could be somebody, but I, I don't know if I would venture that far down. Um, but he would be, if I had to pick somebody else, that's who I'd look for. Yeah, I could see him being paired with like a Daniel Berger. I don't know who they're going to pair him with. Just, you know, I know him and Xander are pretty, pretty good friends. They seem like, so they would seem like good pairing, but just Xander's history with Cantlay, I feel like you have to go back with those two again. 
But yeah, I feel like Berger could be a good play, but for me, I'm not gonna. I, I'm probably gonna stay away from Morikawa. He's a rookie in these events, and just the injury history, and just seeing how bad he was while he was hurt there, like I just don't trust it. I'm, I'm gonna just be on the safer side and not go with him. I think for me though, I mentioned maybe like Paul Casey. I could see him playing four matches. I kind of I don't mind that. It, it's tough. It, if I knew for sure Harris English would be playing in four matches, I I think that's a pretty good price. Five thousand four hundred, you'd get the one and a half with it. But I feel like Harris English is someone who could do really well. But I don't know. Maybe that Finau Garcia Casey Berger. Those four that range the seventy two to sixty six hundred. I think one of those guys can make a really good captain because they are on the lower end. I expect them to – I think those guys are going to play in four. If Tony isn't playing great, Berger isn't playing great, I could see him being dropped to three. But I feel like that's a really good range. We'll go on here. Anyone else you kind of just want to mention, talk about in here, Sean? No, not necessarily. I do think it's going to be interesting to see some of the younger guys or the quote-unquote rookies to this – tournament uh how they play it is something different than just a normal go out and play your golf ball type thing so I will be interested just to watch them I don't know how much I will put a stake in them to try to play them uh, but I, I do think it, it's worth just kind of having that cool tidbit of knowing it's their first time and seeing how they handle that type of pressure yeah Victor Hovland Colin Morikawa Shane Lowry Scotty Scheffler Harris English Burned Wiesberger all rookies to the Ryder Cup, President's Cup format of play. Um, I, these guys are all, I mean, they're all tour professionals. They've all been on tour for, what, three plus years at this point. Uh, it's not really quite true rookie status, um, but for this event it is. And I could see first tee jitters getting to some of these guys, uh, especially with just, it's going to be such a heavy U.S. contingent there of fans just with the lack of travel available for Europeans. Um, could see uh, see some ruckus crowds here. Yeah, but, yeah, I I don't think I'm going with Lee Westwood or Bern Wiesberger at the bottom. If they played in two matches, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but also, at the same time, I think, you know, everyone's going to kind of ride the hot hand a little bit, see how things go on Friday. Um and and just let some of these guys ride, let them play. Uh, one thing I will suggest is waiting till Thursday night to put in lineups or double-checking the matchups and pairings Thursday night because um, we will know the first set of matchups that are going to be Friday morning on Thursday after the opening ceremony. Um, if you have a guy towards the top who isn't playing in that, you know, say they leave out DJ or Bryson, or Brooks, somebody that, you know, you have in a captain's spot. If my captain isn't playing on Friday morning, I am changing my lineup, right? If he's not playing Friday morning, you, you're already missing one out of the five events. I, I don't know how much I can trust him playing all four of the remaining events. So just some extra things to consider. Um, you know, there's a lot of variables this week coming into play. We will move on to looking at just some of the uh, 
some of our outright bets here, some of the props that we have. There's a lot of props available for this. Currently, as we sit, the U.S. is minus 200 to win, Europe plus 200, and then we have a t- ties 12 to 1. We, there's also, you know, you can get some spreads going. Would you rather bet a spread or the outright, Sean? And if you're going to bet a spread, what, what what are you looking at? Um, I don't know if I like the lines of the, the minus 200 and the plus 200. I don't know if that's enough for me to really kind of look into. I think U.S. is going to win it. So if I put my money where my mouth is, that minus 200 is not too bad of a taste. But I do think betting the kind of more of the prop is – is kind of where the fun can be and where your odds can get to. So I, I think the U.S. is going to win, but I'm going to take the prop bet of uh, two and a half holes that they win by, minus two and a half. Minus um, two and a half. I have that at plus 100 right now. So you're even yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's look. the easiest bet, I think, in my eyes. So I would I would probably go with that versus the other side, even though I do think that the U.S. is going to win. The last three have been decided by five or more holes, with Europe winning two of them. And then, oh, R- R- Rosie isn't happy with that. Me either, Rosie. Let's get some more U.S. wins. Um, we had the, the absolute collapse at Medina, where the Europe won by one. The year before that, Europe won by one. And then we have a foot five, nine, nine, three. And... Um, and so, I mean, there there's pretty good history of not necessarily blowouts, but, you know, winning by a decent margin. Where I think that minus two and a half isn't bad. Um, for me, I'm not quite going to go with the spread. Um, but with just like the, you can bet the brackets. So like the U.S. wins one to three is plus 250. I think the U.S. winning by four to six points at plus 350 uh, is a pretty good bet. If you just look at the kind of the history of those last five years, there's all been five-point victories. I think the U.S. team is, isn't is set to run away with this, but I think just looking at the teams outside of those top three guys for Europe that you know Europe stacked at the top can equally compare, if not better, than the U.S., but U.S. from one to to 10, 1 to 12, I think is overall much better. So I think I think the U.S. is going to win. I don't mind that outright bet minus 200 because I'm pretty confident in them. I, I'm not going to put in that minus 200, though. For me, it's either going to be the U.S. to win 1 to 3 or 4 to 6, and I, I like those numbers much better. Looking at some individual player things, a lot of different kind of props we have, but let's look at the overall point getters this week. Looking at just the top USA point score, JT, the lowest odds on the week, and then everyone's kind of bunched in there from DJ, Xander, Jordan, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson. Who is your top USA point score and why, Sean? I'm going to stick with the guy I mentioned earlier, and that's Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's coming in at plus seven right now. Uh, I just think that he's going to be playing in a lot of the events. And I, I just, the year he's been having this year, kind of leading up into some of the play of where did Jordan go to where is Jordan now, you can see that he's back to kind of that old, I don't know if I'd say he's like back to prime, but he's very close to it. 
And I think that him being here, being up at the top of the team, I, I just think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of play for him to be out there. And I think that he's going to be getting a lot of those good matchups to get those points for him. I do think that that Brooks is an interesting play at plus nine. Uh, but you didn't ask for my second guy. You just asked for my first. So uh, that's good because I don't I don't like the Brooks play personally. And <laughs> um, like I said, if I'm captaining this team, Brooks isn't playing with a partner. He's playing by himself, playing the four balls where you have a partner, but it's not alternate shot. Playing the four balls, playing the singles. Let him let him go out the very last group of the day. He doesn't have to cheer anyone on, doesn't have to sit around, wait, and watch people play. He can have his own schedule, do what he wants. If I'm captain, that's how I'm running the ship. Um, Jordan, I don't mind it. I I just think for me, I I kind of want to go JT at the favorite plus 550. It's just the fact that knowing he should be playing all five events, and I think there's – it's a little bit tougher to pin down who exactly is going to play all five events on the U.S. team, where I think it will be JT, Sanders, Spieth, Cantlay. Cantlay at plus 750, I don't mind that either. If I want to go ahead and throw out a second name here, just with his form lately, it's, it's, he's been playing great golf. You know, uh, Ride that hot hand. But I think JT at the favorite, just his history, just how well he's played in these events. Um, you know, him and if Jordan Spieth and him get paired up again, it could be a really good combo for us. You know, it's something also to consider in your DFS lineups. Maybe something you want to do is add JT and Spieth in your lineups because when they play together, if you're expecting them to win, they're going to, you know, double up on points for you. But I like JT. I think the best out of here, though he is the favorite. Team Europe, what do you think about these guys, Sean? They have John Rom, heavy favorite. Well, not necessarily heavy, but plus 300, Rory 450, Hovland 6, and then we kind of get the bunch of guys 8 and up. Well, um, I do think that it will be interesting to see what Hovland can do. Um, I, I think John Rom's obviously the big favorite there. If he plays all five, there's a very good chance that he wins all five points. Um, or, or at least gets a half a point out of those. Uh, but it also depends on kind of who he's matched up with. And I do feel like him being such a big dog, he's going to have a big contest against him every week, or I shouldn't every week, every day, or every time he goes out there. Um, so it will be a little bit more difficult for him. So I, I do think like something like a Hovland, maybe even a Paul Casey kind of stick to me, being at that plus and six and plus eight. Um I don't know if I'd stick with the top guys, Rory or John Rahm. Like I said with Rahm, stuff I mentioned, but like you said earlier with Rory, he's kind of hit or miss. So even though he's up there on the list, you're kind of putting in a big hope. I think the course the course fits Rory well, though. Think about it. Rory is kind of his his best thing is his driver. One of the longest, most accurate hitters in the world. You know, him and John Rahm at the top there. Um I do think, you know, those are some of the guys that have a very, I don't know, almost American-style game, I guess. Uh, sorry to kind of get you sidetracked there, but just want to throw out. I think Rory is a solid play. No, no, I, I, I think so, too. I just think for, for me, 
if I'm going to look at betting any of these, I'm going to try to obviously play smart as to where you can win your money, but also look at some of the, the bigger plays to see if you could, you know, steal a couple bucks here or there because the difference is almost double in some places. So I don't, I don't think anybody on here is obviously a bad play for any of these picks. They what about Reed Westwood? They made the Ryder Cup. I mean, well, can we reverse this podcast about 10 seconds so I can take back <laughs> what I just said? Uh, because I was going to say, Lee Westwood at plus 2,500. There's a reason he's at that. I, I think at his age, he's not playing in all five events. I don't no. know if he's playing in four events, but, you know, him, Bernd Wiesberger, I'm not touching on her on a top score bet. I do think it's interesting, though, if you want to try to win 120 bucks. You have a dollar laying around. You just throw it on a old buddy Ian Poulter. I, I'm not saying yeah. you're going to play in all the events, but I do think that if you're looking, if you're if you're taking a wild card out of any of the players from either the U.S. squad or the European squad that are towards the bottom four of their odds, I think that he has the best chance of all four of them, just because of his history in here and how he has tended to play, but he along with Lee Westwood are kind of getting up there in the age bracket. So I can yeah. see how they may not be able to play I, consi- consistently throughout the day. Yeah, I could, I could see easily see them not playing a Friday event to let them recover for, uh, or not playing a Saturday event to let them kind of recover for the Sunday singles. So, I mean, you just know Ian Poulter's like, I don't know if he's undefeated, but I don't think he's ever lost. He's maybe half the couple matches in the Sunday singles, but he's a killer. For me, I would go Fitzpatrick if I was taking a flyer here, just because I think he has the – just being younger, the better out of these kind of bottom four players has a chance to play in all five. If I am if I have a dollar, I'm going to throw a flyer out there on it. going to be Fitzpatrick. For me, though, I'm going to – I have actually already made a – um, overall top point score bet on this guy, Victor Hovland. Uh, got him overall at plus 15. He's now on this on uh, DraftKings. He's down to plus 12. So it's looking like a good bet for me at the moment. But I think, you know, it's just the course is going to suit him very well. He's great with the driver. Solid iron play. Uh, has a chance to play in all five matches easily. Um, you know, I, I think just the value I can get at the plus six and the, the plus 15 when I got him earlier that he presents, he's kind of one of the higher number guys in here who I just think can play all five. Um, probably isn't going to be out first, probably isn't going to be out last, getting those tougher matchups that the U.S. can put together that being the younger kind of rookie guy, they might try to slide him more in the middle. He might be able to get some easier matchups. So a little bit kind of, you know, looking at how, how the whole tournament's going to lay out. I think it might set up well for Hovland. Let's go to the, uh, to, to the big bets here. If you had a dollar to play, they have, um, you know, exact score, Kind of the, the put your money where your mouth is here. The total overalls. What do we think? You're taking a flyer. This is where you're going, Sean. What do you got? I don't really know. 
<laughs> why don't you why don't you go on? I'm gonna take a look at this for a second. Okay. So like I had mentioned earlier, this follows along with my bet earlier for US to win by uh four to six. And I am looking at the sixteen to twelve, sixteen and a half, fifteen and a half. I would probably go with the sixteen and a half, fifteen and a half. It's at plus one thousand. Uh, all of these are some pretty pretty crazy bets. Um, I don't see the U.S. winning by more than that. I, I don't see them getting to, you know, the 17 and a half, 10 and a half, or the 18 to 10. Um, it, it could be tight. It could be closer. But I feel like the 16 and a half, 11 and a half is just kind of talking to me. Even, I mean, this exact score happened but three Ryder Cups ago. You know, you see a lot of these scores around that 16-17 number for the winning team. Um, I just think it's 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 good money there. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the uh, 15 and a half and 12 and a half at plus nine. I think that one is where my mind is set for it. I, I do think that the U.S. will win a few holes, but I'm not so sure about some of the, the singles or some of the... Uh, other matchups and if if I know that Europe does still have some top dogs so I do think they'll win a little bit of holes here a couple points here there but I do think the U.S. wins by that that three margin kind of fitting with that minus two and a half yeah hey just um some closing stats that I'm looking at right now here team Europe in the last three seasons in foursomes has a 15 and a half to eight and a half advantage and it has a 27 to 21 point advantage in the singles. The only uh, event the U.S. has the points advantage over the last three seasons is the four balls, which interesting. The the foursomes the more of the team event. It's crazy how Europe has a seven point advantage over the last three years. It's pretty big. Where the four balls, the U.S. has the advantage. Um, and then the singles, it's like one of the most fun kind of days of the year. I think the the Sunday singles in the Ryder Cup, Europeans have the advantage. Um, so I think what we're looking for, U.S. close the gap in the foursomes, play as a team for once. They win all the fo- they win the majority of the four balls, have big enough advantage going into Sunday singles where you know we can close it out early. And then those last events don't matter. And then the U.S. can scrap away a couple more points from some of the younger guys who, you know, want to win it a bit more than Lee Westwood does after he's down three after the turn. So that's my uh, that's my game model right there. That's what I'm predicting to happen. Um, you want to you want to throw out your uh, your weekend outlook here, Sean? What's going down? How's this happening? How is the U.S. getting that 15 and a half to 12 and a half victory? I think uh, I think they're going to probably follow suit to what history shows. I do think when U.S. plays the team uh, format, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work so well for them. Obviously, you just stated all those things. I do think the singles are going to come into play big time. I don't think that it necessarily, even if Europe has some sort of lead going into Sunday, I think. Sundays where we have a little bit of advantage in my mind. I really only think that there might be a, like three or four guys that might be able to beat 
three or four guys on the U.S. side uh, from Europe's team, that is. So I do think we'll have the advantage on Sunday to watch what is, like you said, a very fun day to, to just be consumed by golf and to see when it matters. And some golfers may not even need to finish because it might end on your 13th hole if you need it to. So um, I do think I think USA will kind of pick up Sunday any, any pieces that might have fallen. Um, but hopefully uh, with all the captain stuff going on, they can figure out the teams that way we can ch- turn the tides. I do think it would be interesting, and I want to see what you think, too. Who do you think on the U.S., like, if you're talking, like, an alternate shot, uh, what would you think would be your dream matchup? Like, two U.S. guys versus two European guys. Like, oh. <laughs> I... Uh, I think if you could put together... I think Bryson and Xander would be very fun very good um and then have them go against i think maybe ron and hovland right, i think looking skill wise those guys match up very well with one another very similar and i think it's both realistic partners that we could have i don't i'm not going to throw i want to try to make this as realistic as we can but yeah, I think Xander Bryson would against a Rom Hovland would be a very good fun matchup. No, that that makes sense. I could see how that would be a a real thing as well with Bryson's distance and kind of the, the matchups that they bring together. I <clears throat> I do think it would be the obvious one would be the the Bryson Brooks just to see like what they do if they have to hit each other's balls. <clears throat> I think that would be a be very interesting. I, I doubt that's going to happen. If that's a bet anywhere, the odds yeah. are crazy uh, for them to even be paired up. Uh, but I do I do think outside of the obvious of like the JT and Jordan, I do think a, a Dustin Johnson and a Bryson would be very fun to watch with each other. Um, I think that like with the length yeah. of each other, kind of smacking the crap out of the ball. They both would be able to kind of still play their game on every hole because their wedge shots would still be the same or. However, they are. Dustin might not like the left or right of Bryson's shot, but still would be. They would still have similar shots at every hole because their distance is very, very similar to each other. And I, I think, I think for me, the the easiest choice from the European side would be the Rahm and, and McElroy. I do think it would be interesting though to see uh, Rahm and Garcia play together, get that Spanish connection, and see if that <laughs> has anything to do with like you know maybe it has the, the as you pair you know, the Americans together. I know Team Europe is very close-knit as it is, but I'm sure that that country-to-country uh, yeah. chemistry has something to do with it. At least it does in FIFA. So, um, <laughs> but I just, I, I do think that those two would be very... Getting the green links. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Hatton, you put Hatton and... Uh, Sergio or Hatton and an angry Rory, you could have some fireworks there. Or Hatton and Poulter. Poulter, I, I kind of almost forgot about Poulter. You get Hatton, who's just playing, like, not his best golf, but enough where he constantly looks like he might be breaking a club. And then you have Poulter's energy on the greens making putts that you could have two guys just screaming Poulter screaming because he's making putts, trying to get everyone pumped up, and Hatton's just screaming at himself and his clubs. 
and everyone around him because of his golf game, that can make an interesting combo. I don't think that they would do it. They might, but um, but yeah, they could put together if they put together a Rom and McElroy combo. That would be fun to see and just say, all right, guys, like we can pretty much chalk up at worst we're getting a half point out of you guys for everything else we just got to win one or two of these maybe steal point here and there with some other guys and make it a way to compete i don't know it's, it's fun things to kind of talk about and think about pairing up guys seeing what we can match up um definitely looking forward to thursday when the pairings do come out for the first matches on friday and just seeing how this whole thing plays out just because it, it's something we don't we don't get every kind of couple of years we see it. So it'll be, it'll certainly be a fun, exciting tournament. Yeah. I can't wait for it. It's uh, it's good to be back on us soil with this thing and hopefully the cup stays here and, uh, and it'll be fun to watch. It's always a good time. Sit in front of your couch and don't move. <laughs> yes. It's some long days of golf and, but it'll definitely be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, probably going to be throwing in some live live bets. Um, I'm hoping that we do get uh, some matchups. Once we do have everything put together, we'll be able to bet on the individual matchups, which I'm guessing we should be able to. And so we'll have to we'll have to tweet out some of our picks for those. But this has been out of the rough. Make sure you go follow us on all of our social media sites at out of the rough WK. This has been Lenny. Hopefully we have another uh, U.S. victory this year. We can even out these these Ryder Cups. Sean? Yeah? Please. That's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs>